This podcast is produced by Audiofy. Welcome to Vida Church Live, the podcast, where we hope to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Thanks for tuning in. Let's start the show. Welcome to Vida Church Live, the podcast. I am Deacon Eli Hidalgo, and I am blessed to host the podcast this month with my friend and Bishop Herson Gonzalez. Hey, 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 hey. God bless you, everybody. Thrilled to be with you, my dear brother, Deacon Eliu. What's going on, puppy? Hey, Bishop. I, I just wanted to ask a couple of questions, and um, let's take it from there and see what happens. All right, let's go. First question. How is coronavirus affecting our church? Oh, boy. Well, uh, it's affecting it quite a bit. I mean, the, the main and most obvious way is that we can't get together physically. And uh, I think the people are finally realizing how important it is to be together. You know, um, I think some folks took it for granted that you could meet. And so they came whenever they wanted. Uh, but now I feel a yearning. The church is really, really missing being together. And so that part's been tough. But other than that, um, I think that, that um, it's brought us closer in some ways. We're looking for each other more, a lot more phone calls and contact. And so uh, the church is still looking for each other. But uh, boy, it certainly has affected uh, not being able to worship together. It's been a, a tough experience, but I, I see the church kind of coming together, even though uh, despite it all. How is the church responding to the online church? Oh, uh, well, a lot more interaction, don't you think, Deke? Uh, I think that we're seeing more people online. I think that's that's true, right? Yes, yes. Um, so we, we've made the shift, and I think that God has kind of done it in purpose. Uh, in the early days when, when the church was given that great commission, go out to the world and, you know, and preach the, the message, a lot of the disciples stayed in Jerusalem, and it wasn't until persecution came that they went out and they started to preach. And I feel like... God is pushing us out of the church building so we can do it, so we can spread the message of Jesus Christ. And we're doing it, and we're doing it better than we did before. But, you know, um, yeah, you know, the church is, 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 we're doing Zoom meetings, we're doing everything that we can, we're doing drive-by happy birthday parties, and <laughs> we're trying to do all that we can to stay connected. So I think the church is, is doing well, and uh, believe it or not, I think more people... Uh, locally and around the world have found us and joined us. So in that regard, the church is doing okay, doing good. That's great. What can we do to keep the church alive and powerful until quarantine ends? Well, I think that the most important thing we can do is stay together, worship together, and uh, and pray together. Um, you know, this quarantine, this coronavirus has taught us a, a big lesson. The church is more than the four walls. The church is greater than the building. Um, and so for that reason, I'm grateful for it. Um, but in order for the church to not just survive this, but thrive through this, uh, you know, I think prayer's got to be the central point. And we have to find ways to connect um, online however we can. Everyone out there, we are starting a new series here on Vida Church Live podcast, and it's called I Pray. I pray. I don't wish I pray. Amen. I don't wish I pray. I don't I don't scheme. 
I pray. I, I, I don't even, in so much as how some would, I don't even plan like others plan. I pray. My, my planning is through prayer. I come to know what I'm called to do through prayer. So my plans come out of prayer. So I don't plan like other people plan. I pray. Somebody say, I pray. I pray. The most powerful force in the earth is prayer. Oh, I thought I'd get an amen. The most powerful force on the earth is prayer. It is omnipotent as God is. Amen, somebody? There's nothing impossible for God. God is all-powerful. So, if I pray and I pray to the all-powerful God, my prayers become all-powerful. I have within me the ability to activate the most powerful force in the universe. People my age around there, you'll understand when, when I say, I have the power. <laughs> For those young kids, that's called He-Man. Thank you very much. He-Man versus Skeletor. Yes. When He-Man was a normal prince, when he would pull out his sword and call, I have the power, he'd be transformed into He-Man. When we pray, you are transformed into He-Man. She, woman. When She-Ra. <laughs> I want you to understand this. This month, we are going to get into a zone. We're going to go into a spiritual place. You got to be careful now because when you unlock the power of prayer, you become the weapon. Yeah, yeah. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 18. Praying always will with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. This is what we ought to be doing. There are all sorts of prayers, all kinds of prayers. There's prayer to fit every particular situation or condition. There's the public prayer, there's a private prayer, there's the individual prayer and the corporate prayer. There's the long prayers and then there's short prayers and there's the standing prayers, the sitting prayers, there's the kneeling prayers and the walking prayers. There's the prayers of faith, prayer of petition, prayer of intercession, prayer of submission, prayer of repentance. It is clear from Paul's writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit that prayer is vital to the believer to be successful in spiritual warfare. You will not become successful in spiritual warfare. And everybody ought to know, this ain't a playground, this is a battlefield. Amen. Somebody told me the other day, man, I, 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 I'm mad at the devil. I, I'm going to wage war at the devil. I said, good, because he's waged war on you for a long time. And you've been his punching bag for a long time. It's about time you start to hit back. Amen. The way to hit back at the enemy is, how did you know? It's prayer. It's prayer. You, you haven't even begun to fight until you learn how to pray. Don't tell me that you're, oh, I'm trying. Don't tell me, oh, I'm in the battle of my life. You haven't started fighting until you start get serious about prayer. Prayer is not a last resort. 
in the believer's arsenal. It's not the nuclear bomb that goes off at the last resort. Well, we tried reasoning. We tried fist fighting. We tried, let's just wipe them out. No, 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 no. Prayer is the only resort for the believer. Amen, somebody. Amen. Prayer is, in fact, the way that the, the believer implements his spiritual weapons against the enemy. It is through prayer that we appropriate our armor. It is through prayer, amen, that we, that we lock in our spiritual weapons. But it is through prayer that we put our weapons into action. For some people, prayer is the thing that they do when everything else fails. You see people that don't pray in the hospital, in a chapel. They'll say the words, Lord, you see it in a movie all the time. Lord, I don't talk to you much. I saw it in Bad Boys, Bad Boys. What you going to do? I saw it. I saw it. He was like, Lord, I don't pray much, but if you save Will Smith. I won't ever use violence again. By the way, he used violence again. He didn't. Spoiler alert. He kills a lot of people after that. But Martin Lawrence prays like a lot of people pray. A lot of people only pray in the last resort. When they don't know what else to do, they come to God all emotional. God doesn't respond to emotion. God responds to covenant. And we and here we come all emotional. <laughs> Jesus. Amen. Shut up. It's, that's not a prayer God hears. God does not respond to your emotion. God responds to covenant. Amen. A lot of people pray, but only the sons and the daughters of God have access to him through the blood of Jesus. We have the secret key, the password. You can try to say it, but if you don't own it in your heart, it won't work. In the name of Jesus. Now other people, it's the only way of getting things that they want from God. They, they pray and they pray all the time. Lord, please give me this. And Lord, please, please give me that. And Lord, please do this. And Lord, please do that. And Lord, please change her. And Lord, definitely change him. And Lord, joy, Lord help. And you're just praying to try to manipulate God. If you pray right, prayer manipulates you. Amen, somebody. But for those of us who understand the armor of God and its purpose, prayer is much more than a last resort. Prayer is more than just the big bomb that you drop on the enemy. Prayer is the great universal force to advance God's cause. I'm going to say that again because it's so important. You have, to, you have to get it. Prayer is not what you do when you're asking God for favors. Prayer is what you do when you want the will of God to be alive and made manifest in your life, through your life, into the world. That's what prayer is. Amen. That's the true purpose of prayer. Not to, not to pray is to deny God. If you don't pray, you can say he is, but you deny he is through your lack of prayer. Not to pray is a denial of God. A denial of God's existence. If you don't talk to him, he doesn't exist. 
a denial of God's nature, and, and it's a denial of his purpose toward mankind. You, I pray. Somebody say, I pray. I pray. Yes, yes, yes. Because praying men are the only men in which the Holy Spirit dwells. I must, if, the only people the Holy Spirit fills is praying people. <laughs> if you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost, you have to be a person of prayer. You can't be filled with the Holy Spirit just singing. You, wait, you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit with just reading the Word. Jesus was the Word. He was a walking hallelujah. But if there was anything that defined Jesus' ministry on the earth... It was prayer. He prayed constantly, consistently. Amen. The Holy Spirit and prayer go hand in hand. You can't have the Holy Spirit without prayer in your life. I pray. Somebody say, I pray. I pray. The Holy Spirit never descends upon prayerless men. The Holy Spirit never falls upon somebody that don't pray. Even in the Old Testament, it was when David was getting ready, he'd cry out to God. It was in the Old Testament when Samson was about to be, they'd cry out to God and the Spirit of God would come upon them. Amen. God doesn't fill prayerless people. God doesn't fill them. God never empowers them because he can't trust people that don't talk to him. He can't trust that you'll do his will if you don't pray. There is nothing, nothing whatsoever in common between the spirit of God and people who don't pray. Do you hear me today? You don't have a relationship with God if you're not praying. You cannot be useful in the kingdom if you're not praying. All of your gifts, all of your talents, and all of your abilities are wonderful, and people might be blessed by them, but God can't use them if you're not praying. You have to be a person of prayer. Somebody say, I pray. I pray. The Holy Spirit dwells only, on, only in an atmosphere of prayer. God inhabits the praises of his people, but the Holy Spirit moves in the atmosphere of prayer. Amen. It was in a prayer meeting that the New Testament church was birthed. Acts chapter 114. They all continued in one accord, praying in prayer and in supplication. They prayed together and the church was born. Think about what else might be born. If we continue to pray, think about what else might come out of our lives, our time together, our fellowship and prayer together. Think about what things might come out of a church that prays. Think about the healings that come out of a church that prays. Think about the miracles that are come out of a church that prays. Think about the community impact that we could have if we had a church that truly prayed. It was through prayer. That the gospel was propagated. Acts chapter 6 verse 4. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. It was giving themselves continually to what? 
It was through prayer that the Gentiles who were outcasts, those of us that were not born Jewish. Uh, let me see the hands of the people that were not born Jewish. If you were not born Jewish, if you're not Jewish, then you're a Gentile. And just so that you, a quick Bible lesson, uh, God chose Abraham and the people of Abraham for salvation of the world. So, so up until Jesus came, you had to be Jewish in order to be saved by God. You had to be, you, you either had to be born or, or, or converted into Judaism to be saved. It was the only way. But when Jesus came, Jesus says, I see some people that may not be born of Abraham, but they have a desire to know me. Uh-huh. And, 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 and that happened through prayer, let me tell you, Cornelius was praying. <laughs> Cornelius was praying, and, and God told him through an angel, and, and he showed him, uh, uh, the, the, I need you to go and contact Peter. So Cornelius sends two men over to Peter. Guess what Peter was doing? Praying. And while Cornelius is praying, and he's connected to the Holy Spirit, and he's talking to the Father, Peter over here, his, and Peter is one of the most staunch, hardest, Hardline believers, it's for the Jews, for the Jews alone, right? And but but while he's praying, God tells him, I'm gonna send some people to you and I want you to do what they say. Uh, it was through prayer. If Cornelius wasn't praying, if Peter wasn't praying, if those two things weren't happening almost simultaneously, I don't know where the Gentiles would be. I'm sure God would have another plan, but God brought salvation to the Gentiles. Guess how? Through prayer. It was because two men were willing to lay down all that they had through prayer. Peter had to give up a lot of what he believed was right and true because he prayed. Prayer is going to get you in the right state of mind. Prayer is going to get you to believe in the right thing, not just what you think is right. Amen, somebody. Because those two men prayed, salvation was made available to every single one of us that was not born Jewish. Thank God that I am a Gentile, but I know Jesus Christ. I have been engrafted into the vine. I am part of the divine family of God. That happened because people were praying. Imagine if you prayed like this. Imagine if we prayed like this. Imagine if we were to pick up the, 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 uh, the, 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 the discipline of prayer again. Jesus went from place to place praying. He went to a place and he prayed. And he went to a place and he prayed. And he went to a place and he prayed. And in between going to a place and praying, guess what he did? He cast out devils. Between he was praying and getting to a place, he healed the sick. Between getting to a place and praying, he raised the dead. Does anybody understand the, the concept here? He had to get to a place, then he prayed, and then miracles happened. That was the process. It wasn't just because he was the son of God. No, he wanted to show us that getting to a place and praying in the place brings deliverance to the place. Amen. I want us to get this so deep into our spirit this month. I want us to be a church that prays. In order for us to be a church that prays, each and every one of us has to make this their declaration this month and for the rest of their lives. I pray. Man, I pray. 
Jesus' life was saturated with prayer. A believer who has accepted the armor of God but doesn't pray is a person all dressed up with no place to go. You, you ain't going to have no place to go. If you, dress, if you try to get the armor and you try to get the sword and you try to get the, without prayer, you ain't going to have nowhere to go. Hallelujah, somebody. Paul tells us that we take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit and it is to be done through the spirit of prayer. It is a lifestyle of prayer that qualifies us to use the sword of the spirit. Amen. This clearly tells us that we are expected to use the sword of the spirit in and through the spirit of prayer. No one is properly prepared to use the sword of the word of God without prayer. You hear preachers that try to use the sword and the sword hurts and the sword sends people away. The sword cuts in the wrong way because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit trying to yield a sword that's too heavy for them to carry and everybody near them is getting hurt and everybody that's sitting under their teaching is being taught wrong. You got to be under the spirit. You have to have the spirit of prayer to yield the spirit of truth rightly. No one can bring you to the word, uh, the words of the Holy Spirit. If you don't have a fellowship with him through prayer. Amen, somebody. Ecclesiastics 10.10 says, if the iron be blunt. In other words, if your axe is not sharp and he does not whet the edge, if you don't sharpen the edge then must he put more strength if you don't have prayer in your life prayer is the, the the thing that gives your axe the edge the sharp edge if you don't have prayer in your life boy you're gonna do a lot of effort and you're gonna do a lot a little bit of cutting prayer is the thing that gives you the fine edge in the axe that that allows you to use effort but get something done you can see somebody in this room knows what happens when they pray things happen anybody in this room ever experienced the power of prayer something happened after i prayed amen somebody amen amen so you're gonna have to do a lot of work if you don't use prayer in your life the sword in the hands of a prayerless man and a prayerless woman is as dangerous as putting a machine gun in the hands of a child Everybody's getting hurt. You're not aiming. You don't know how to aim. You don't know what to do with it. Prayer is powerful, but people that don't pray are dangerous. People that don't pray are dangerous to the church of Jesus Christ. But the sword of the spirit in the hands of a praying man and a praying woman, they can break satanic bondage. They can open the eyes of the blind. They can bring healing to sick bodies. It can open the doors that God wants you to have open in your life. It'll open doors that, that demonic forces have tried to close on your life. Amen. When a church prays, we can shake a nation. We can set up the kingdom of God here on the earth. We pray. I pray. Men of power in the earth have always been men of prayer. We see Elijah on the mountain crying out to God. Elijah cries out 
to God. And, and he says, Lord, I don't want it to rain here until I pray again. And, and God said, okay, son. And it didn't pray for, it didn't rain for three and a half years. Three and a half years it didn't, pray, didn't rain until he prayed again. I'm not saying he didn't pray in three and a half years. I'm saying he didn't ask for rain for three and a half years and it didn't rain for three and a half years. There's power in prayer. But, but, and most of us will talk about the power of prayer and the life of Elijah and how he prayed and fire came down. Listen, the public prayer life of Elijah signifies, it points us to the, the, the closed closet prayer of Elijah. He had a life of prayer. Those moments of, of public displays of power reflect the, the secret quiet time of a life dedicated to prayer. Amen, somebody. James chapter 5, 17 to 18. Elijah was a man subject to passions as we all are. He's just a regular man. Puts on his pants one leg at a time. <laughs> and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months verse 18 and he prayed again and the heavens gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit amen somebody's got to understand that this is not something this is not an isolated case of the glory of God this is not an isolated incident that God is trying to show us look what I can do with Elijah God is actually trying to show you look at what I can do in you if you begin to pray Look at the power I can give you to, to expand the kingdom of God. This is not a power for me to, to, to get great and strong and for me to build up my brand and for me to get a website and followers on Instagram. That's not what this is. Prayer is so that the will of God might be expanded on the earth and those of us that are connected through prayer can connect our hands together and work while the day is long to move and advance the kingdom of heaven. Amen. That's what I want to be a part of. That's what I want this month to be all about for us. I want it to be about praying together. I pray. I pray in the spirit. All of our praying, regardless of what kind it is, it don't matter if it's short, long, any, all of these prayers should be directed by the Holy Spirit. Amen, somebody. Sometimes when you say less, you, you, you make a more powerful prayer. Don't, don't fill the throne room of heaven with your big vocabulary. Don't try to, don't try to impress God with, with how big your words can be. Sometimes it's simple. I need you, God. That's a powerful prayer. Have your way in my life, God. That's a powerful prayer. I surrender all. Three words. That's a powerful prayer. To pray in the spirit, one has to be in the spirit. And that starts by accepting prayer as a God-given privilege and a responsibility. No one will pray in the spirit until prayer is important to them. You'll never know the power of prayer until it becomes important to you. Don't wait for the power to be manifest before it becomes important to you. No, you, you've got to value it. You've got to understand its power before you have it. You will never get it if you don't love it, if you don't appreciate it first. 
It's got to be, it's got to, yeah, you, 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 hey guys, you know that, that, that we are called to do certain things and, and these things may not always show up in your life as these amazing things, but reading the word daily is something you ought to be doing every day, every day. Oh, I, I read the Bible every, every week. No, every day. You should be in your word every day. Why? Because it, every day you need to renew your mind. The word of God renews your mind. You should be in prayer every day. Oh, I'm planning a big prayer day three weeks from today. I'm going to be we're praying all day. That'll make up for all the days that I, I didn't pray. And I, you know. Listen to me. It's, it's, these, it's these daily disciplines that you don't really, you don't even realize these are the things that make you strong eventually. It's, it's through the course of praying every day. It's through the course of reading your word every day. Before you know it, you are Hercules. You, you're made strong. You're made powerful. You will stand strong if you pray every day. If you read your word every day, it's got to be a daily discipline. It can't be just when I feel like it. It can't just be when I'm in need or when I'm in trouble. Prayer and reading the word have to be the disciplines of our faith. Every day. I'm feeling weak. Oh, I don't feel like going to church. Oh, I don't feel like doing this. I don't, everybody that comes into my office that's in trouble, nine times out of ten, when I ask the question, how's your prayer life? They go, what prayer life? Nine times out of ten, the advice I'll give you is you should be praying. The tenth time is you better pray. Yeah. So to pray in the Spirit is to pray with a definite dependence on the Holy Spirit's power. It's not, see, you can't even pray thinking my prayer is going to. No, when you pray, you're dependent on the Holy Spirit. Some people make out of prayer its own idol. No, 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 no. Some people boast, I pray every day. I pray an hour a day. Your prayers aren't going anywhere because you pray. You, you, you're proud of the way you pray. The good, right, the right prayer is prayer that is dependent on the Spirit and the Holy Spirit's power. It becomes less about what I say and more about following the leading of the Holy Spirit. All prayer is effective. In order to be effective, must be offered in and through the Spirit of God, directed by the Spirit of God. Now, I know some Christian ninjas in the room who, who know how to speak in tongues. You guys are like the elite. <laughs> like, oh, they know how to pray in, a, in tongues. You know, that's a powerful thing to pray in tongues. But, but really what praying in tongues does is build up the, the inner man. That's, that's what praying in tongues does. It builds up the inner man that I might be more effective in my warfare for my brothers and for my sisters. Through prayer, we are kept in a condition of spiritual alertness. Some of us are being bamboozled. Some of us are being ransacked by the enemy and you didn't see it coming because you weren't in prayer. Because, because the God that I know through prayer will alert you to dangers that are to come. He'll tell you. He'll warn you. You'll have this thing. Oh, my goodness. I better take, oh, I better this. The Spirit of God through prayer will alert you to it. We all have uh, situations that we pray for, but we should all be praying for the saints. Through prayer, 
we are given an overview concerning our brothers and our sisters. And those of us who pray should often be praying for someone else, for other people, for our church, for the leadership, for... The, you have to pray in this way. For prayer to be effective, it must be offered in humility, in faith, obedience, righteousness, and wholeheartedness. I had a great conversation with my, my discipleship class uh, on yesterday, and we were talking about how, the, how innocence is a conduit for the glory of God. Let me say that again. Innocence is a conduit for the glory of God. If you want to attract the power and the glory of God, you must be innocent. That's why Jesus says, in order to get to heaven, you have to be like a child. What he's talking about is the innocence of a child. Amen. You're never going to be able to undo and unsee all the things that you've done and seen. But through prayer, you can recapture an innocence that makes you attractive to the glory and the power of God. Mm-hmm. John, I'm glad you're here because I'm ready for a story. Yes. Let me tell you something. The most, the most powerful thing on the earth is prayer. The most impotent thing on the earth is prayer. The strongest thing and the weakest thing is the same thing, prayer. It's the most powerful thing when we utilize it. It is the weakest thing when we neglect it. Dr. Helen Roosevelt she was a missionary to Zaire, told the following story. A mother at our mission station died after giving birth to a premature baby. We tried to improvise an incubator to keep the infant alive, but the only hot water bottle we had was beyond repair. So we asked the children to pray for the baby and his sister, the mother had died. One of the girls responded, Dear God, please send a hot water bottle warmer today because tomorrow it'll be too late and the baby will be dead. And then she added, And Lord, send a doll for her sister so that she won't be lonely, so lonely without her mother. Amen. That afternoon, a large package arrived from England. The children watched eagerly as they opened it, and much to their surprise, under some clothing, there was a hot water bottle. Immediately, the girl who prayed so earnestly started digging through the bag, and she was saying, I know God sent the doll. I know God sent the doll too. He wouldn't have just sent the hot water. He wouldn't have just cared for the baby. I know he heard me when I, I said for the sister, and sure enough, there was the doll deep inside the big old box. She was right. Here's the thing about that prayer. God knew 
in advance that this child was going to request a prayer approximately five months before there was a woman's group in England preparing this package for Zaire five months before the girl prayed God knew exactly what she would pray for five months before she knelt down and she lifted up her voice and she closed her eyes so tight and she cried out to God, God, I need a miracle. Five months before, there were people saying, I don't know why, but I got to give this doll. I got to put this doll in this box. I don't know why, but I got to put this hot water bottle in this box. Listen to what I'm telling you. God already did the thing that you're going to pray for tomorrow. He probably already did it. It's probably on its way. But somebody has to pray. Watch, 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 watch. You might think, well, if God did it five months ago, why do I have to pray today? You don't understand the way God works. God lives in eternity. God doesn't live in now. So when you said it now, God activated it five months prior in the moment that you prayed for it now don't try to understand it it's too confusing but when I pray now I activate stuff that might have happened a year ago five years I don't know when it happened but because I'm praying to the God that was that is and who forever shall be I have access to power that is unimaginable I have access to things that I have no right asking for it is the power of prayer that unlocks the keys to heaven's doors all you have to do it sounds too simple all you have to do is pray I'm praying today I'm praying today and I'm believing today for healing for my wife I'm praying today somewhere in some lab there's this mad genius coming up with a cure somewhere you may not think it's related but I know it is when that pill finally comes out it will be because I prayed when your miracle materializes it won't be just because you you thought about it you didn't speak it into existence how somebody some people say no it's through prayer it's through the messy business of getting on your face before God and crying out God let your will be done not my own stand to your feet with me today What a powerful, powerful word. Bishop, do you know that Governor Cuomo said that prayer did not do this, that we did this? What do you think about that? Oh, boy. Well, I think I understand what Cuomo was trying to say. He was trying to say, listen, people, let's not just um, go back to the way life was just because we got the, the numbers to dip. He was trying to say, look... This is because we stopped hanging out. We, we, we follow the guidelines. That's what he was trying to say. But when he said we did it, God didn't do it. He took 
away any credit or any glory that belongs to God, and he gave it to man. And that is the beginning of the downfall of any society. When you ignore God and his effect, when you downplay the power of prayer and its effect in a society, uh, I think it's it's a very slippery slope. And I don't think Governor Cuomo meant to insult the faith community, but he absolutely did. I think that the comment was very unfortunate, uh, disrespectful to the faith community, and it undermines um, the, the power of prayer. Uh, we can do a lot of things through the strength of God that is in us. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So yes, it was us. People stopped meeting. They stopped public gatherings. They did a bunch of stuff to do it, but it wasn't just that. It was God too, right? What do you think, D? Yeah, um, absolutely. I, the Bible says that God is a God who answers prayer. What I really think that when he said we did it and he denied God, he didn't realize that we might have come together, but there's a lot of people that were praying. Yes, right. That's that's a hundred percent true. And your prayer matters. What you pray for, how you pray. Uh, I want you to say this with me. Whether you're driving your car or listening to the podcast, say, I pray. I pray. I'm a person of prayer. I don't complain. I don't fuss. I don't wish. I don't hope. I pray. Be a person of prayer. Deke, if they want prayer, what can they do? If you want prayer, we have a hotline ready for you. You can call at any time. The prayer number is one 866 335-VIDA We're here to answer your prayers To pray with you Not answer your prayers But we'll pray with you You have ministers and deacons On the line Waiting to pray with you Yep That number again Give it The number is 1-866-335-VIDA 1-866-335-VIDA And the way we have it set up Is that uh, you can call and there is a, a calling system. It'll go through all of our ministers. Someone will answer the phone. Someone will pray with you. So please engage. Don't just be a listener. Be someone that can say with me with all their heart, I pray. Tune in next week for our second sermon in the I Pray series called His Presence, where Bishop asks us, at what point does the presence of God come become enough for us you don't want to miss it amen well thank you so much thank you deke for being with me for this awesome well for me being with you because you're the host <laughs> uh this has been great man let's do it again yes sir i'm honored to have you with me and i'm honored to be here with you thank you for listening to the vida church live podcast contact us at info at vida.church and please like share and subscribe wherever you're listening. This was Vida Church Live. Discover life.